Hey everybody, welcome back. We are sitting on the floor at CLE, getting ready to lay down another week of program for you. So here we go. Be sure to stop back in on Wednesday when we're going to publish the next half of the week. We'll be giving you Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Kicking off our week on Monday, we're going to start with a 20-minute AMRAP, rest five minutes, then pick up where you left off for another 10-minute AMRAP. Um, the AMRAP is going to be consistent of a 500-meter row, 15 back squats at 50% of our one rep max back squat, 15 strict press at 50% of our one rep max strict press, 15 toes to bar, and finally 50 double unders, or one minute of work. So we're going to start off with that row. That's going to be pretty high intensity. You guys are moving that row to 500. Don't kill yourself, but go out at a, at a pace that you know is fast and you can hold. Then we're gonna go into that back squat and strict press. This one's gonna be a little interesting. This is based off of one rep maxes. So you guys are gonna, number one, have to know that, and number two, you're gonna have to do a barbell change of weight during the workout. If, if you don't know the exact percentage, then we can kind of help you to eyeball it. Um, at 50% of your one rep max, John Michael, those back squats, they're not gonna be too tough, are they? Um, the back squats won't be awful, no. I mean, it's it's a set where you would just pick it up once. It is coming off the ground. Um, so you got to pick it up, put it overhead, put it on your back, and then start squatting it. It should be an unbroken set of squats. Uh, then you'll put it down, you'll change the weight, and then you'll start your strict presses. For the strict press, what do you think? Unbroken there? Um, I'd say the strict press is going to be probably where the muscle fatigue gets nasty. Yeah. Um, to start off, I would say definitely unbroken is doable. Um, I don't know how it's going to look in that last 10-minute chunk, though. Yeah, so don't be afraid to break that one up. It's much more cost-effective to break it up because you only have to pick the bar up to the front rack rather than taking it all the way overhead and putting it on your back. Um, 50%, that's kind of a it, – it, it seems very definitive, but use weights that fit reasonably on the bar, right? If 50% is 127.25 pounds, well, that's not going to work. So use 125 pounds, right? Use something that's right there in the ballpark. Um, you want to make these changes as easy as we can while still being as close to that 50% as we can possibly hit. Yeah. That uh, rest only being, what, five minutes? Yep. That's, that's enough time to recover a little bit. Um, in the 20-minute window, you really, you're not going to be going that terribly fast, are you? Because it's just too long to be blazing. Uh, so I would think about that the first round. Yeah, you can row pretty hard, but you also have to set yourself up for a steady, longer frame of work. Um, you've got 30 minutes of, of actual work happening this day, and the first block is a full 20-minute window of work. So you need to be prepared to endure for quite a while. Don't, don't go out sprinting. It's not a sprint workout. This is much more a steady-state workout. you got to get into a groove and own that groove. I'd say if there's one place you want to sprint, uh, second 10-minute AMRAP. Definitely. So the first 20, right, as Phil said, it's steady state. Take it easy. Um, but well, move consistently. Yeah, so, not easy, but but set a smart pace. Yeah. Right? This is this is like burpees. If there's 200 of them, you don't sprint. Yeah. If there's 50 of them, yeah, you can kind of sprint. And then after that five minutes of rest, when we've brought the heart rate down a little bit and we've, we've found some recovery, then when we hit that last 10-minute AMRAP, that's one where we can push a little harder. Um, with a round coming in between maybe like three and four minutes, I would say that uh, I would say that you're not gonna do a ton 
in that last 10-minute chunk. And doing three rounds in that last 10-minute chunk is going to hurt real bad, but it's definitely doable. So I'd say in that last 10-minute chunk is where you kind of want to really turn it on and say, okay, I got 10 minutes left. This is it. Try to push that pace. Yep, I agree with that. Following that long workout on Tuesday, we're going to start off with seven superset rounds on a three-minute clock. We are going to do three deadlift and we are going to do the concentric phase. So we're going to do three concentric deadlifts. This means that we are going to drop from the top. It means we're going to stand up with the bar. It's only the pool up to the top, and then we drop. We want you guys to work 70% plus on this. So we've worked this a little bit before. Um, in the last couple of months, we've played around with it some. Uh, we're fitting this into, well, this kind of sort of cycle we're on where we're building deadlift strength and overhead squat strength. We're trying to set a good position from the bottom. So your setup needs to be very deliberate, very crisp. And um, I think we're gonna put out a video uh, for this one, kind of explaining the difference between a bottoms up and a top down setup. Um, if, you, if you want to, go on YouTube. Uh, Kelly Starrett did a video. You can probably find it with Mobility Wad uh, deadlift setup. That'll probably find it for you. Um, great information. It, it talks about how to load hamstrings and why the loading works the way it does. Um, so we'll kind of go along with that theme and explain why we approach things the way we do. And with a deadlift, typically I'd say you're better off using a top-down setup. Um, with this, it's super important because you're going to set up three different times to pull three different lifts. Once you're set up, you need to make sure that lift is crisp and accurate. Um, we're not yanking bars. We don't let our backs round. It's not necessarily about the speed that you lift at, although we do want to lift kind of fast. It's more about lifting quickly and with integrity. The back has to stay set in position and the legs have to do the pushing of the weight. Yeah. Following that, we have the five single arm overhead squat and that's going to be five each arm. So we're going to superset those three deadlifts with the five each arm overhead squat, and you guys can use a kettlebell or a, dead or a dumbbell for this, not a dumbbell, dumbbell. Um, make sure that you guys use a weight that is appropriate for you. Those five should obviously be unbroken. You should do the right side five, the left side five. Um, we do wanna focus on external rotation, so we wanna focus on proper position here. Keeping the heels down, driving the knees out, keeping the chest up, and externally rotating that shoulder. I know with single arm stuff, it can get really hard, and we just wanna lean away from that shoulder. If we can lean away from the weight, what often happens is we can feel like we settle into a position, um, but really we're just balancing the weight with a little bit of counterbalance. So make sure that you guys are controlling the weight. You wanna have control over that kettlebell or that dumbbell. This, uh, this in my view, is a great place to, to check yourself, right? Us as coaches, we're mm -hmm. gonna tell you what we see, but maybe you need to see it too. So you all have, well, I assume, but chances are most of you have, a pretty high-tech camera sitting in your pocket. Uh, or you might even be listening to this on a device with a high-tech camera. Pull out your phone and record yourself and look at what you're doing because seeing how you move is a great way to understand how you need to change your movement. Um, again, we're on this kick. We're doing overhead squat work. We're doing deadlift work. Well, these single-arm overhead squats, they're there for a purpose. They're there to open up some positioning, to open up your mind to new positions, and we're also going to be using them in a much higher intensity fashion later in the month. Um, what, two weeks later, we've got them in a workout? Yeah. Yep. So this is a chance to do them slowly and practice and understand. 
and then later on down the line, we're going to throw some speed at it and probably lighten the load a little bit and then try to do it more quickly and while we're already under duress, while we're already fatigued. Yep. I think uh, also on the deadlift and the single arm overhead squat, uh, if you guys are not setting up properly, your back is going to light up on that. Uh, it's just going to be a really intensive low back um, going between the deadlift and the overhead squat. So that's a good way if you guys understand, right? The deadlift, you guys got to set up well. Um, a concentric deadlift, I know for me more than anything, what it helps is it helps me get a really consistent setup position. So that when I hit a Metcon where my lungs are fried and I don't want to set up well, I've practiced what it's like to set up well under load over and over and over. Um, then you don't have to think as much. You just you just act. Yeah, yeah. Right? 21 individual setups, and that's just in the actual working sets. So it's a good chance to practice and hone in on where your positions really need to settle. Yep. Following that, our workout is four-time a 2K bike, a 750-meter ski, and finishing with a 400-meter run. Um, so the 2K bike is going to take um, four minutes. We'll say, yeah. Four to four and a half, five minutes, depending on your, on your speed. Yeah, we'll say a 2K bike is generally equivalent in time, similar, to a 1K row. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to take about then. Then the 750-meter ski, that one's going to take probably, um, I'd say, three to four minutes. Yeah. Just depending. Yeah. It, um, it can be done faster, but yeah, totally. Three minutes is, is a good rough range. And then that 200-meter run... Two, two and a half minutes. Four hundred. Or I'm sorry, yeah. four hundred meter run. Yeah, two, yeah. two and a half minutes. Yep. So, so all told, we're looking at a ten minute workout. Hopefully, less than ten minutes for a lot of you guys. Now we understand, ladies, you have a slight disadvantage here because it's just you're not going to be able to put out quite the same power. Most of you, I should say, um, some of you may be able to on those first two machines. Um, so. Your times might be a little bit longer, but hopefully we're looking at around a 10-minute wad. Um, I think we might see some people down in the 8-minute range. This is this is a single run-through, right? This is like that. This is like a 2K row time trial or a, a 2K ski time trial, right? It's just getting out there and hammering work for a short window of time and understanding that these machines and the run, they all kind of set you up to still be able to go hard. You're going to go hard on the bike and your legs are going to hurt. Well, guess what? You get off the bike and you ski. Well, now it's all about the upper body and the core. And then you get done skiing and you got to put yourself back together and try to run hard. So there is opportunity to really push each implement because each implement is pretty different. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good one because this one is uh, its one of those tests where you can gun the bike, you can gun the ski, um, and for the most part, your lungs will be affected by all of them, right? But for the most part, I can push a pretty hard bike, get off, and I can feel okay for a ski, and I can still push pretty hard. Um, and obviously the run, you're not going to feel okay, but it's the run. It's the last piece. Yeah, the run, you um, just got to grit through. Yep, it's just putting one foot in front of the other and continuing to hold a pace. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a really good one. Um, if you guys are looking to really attack and get after a workout, I think this is a great one. Um, it's a great one because it is... It welcomes the effort. Yeah, and it's very uh, it's very forgiving in the fact that if you end up dying real hard, you can still continue to do work. Yeah. Even if your ski drops off by 30 seconds, you're still skiing. Yeah, you're not um, failing any reps. Yeah, and so I think it's one where it really does invite people to come in and, and see if you can, right, see how fast you can push this one. 
Uh, and I really like it because of that. And so I think for sure, make sure that you guys are trying to push your limit on, on that final run, especially. It's the last little piece. When you get on it, see what you guys can do. Just try to, when you hit that 200 meter mark, right, finish strong. Yep. All right, on to our Wednesday workout. We're starting off with some strength work. We're going to be working 16 minutes on the minute doing, or I'm sorry, alternating on the minute. First minute, we're gonna do 40 seconds of uh, a double dumbbell overhead hold. Now, Michael, this one was your idea. Yeah, um, so I've done a double dumbbell overhead hold in our Olympic lifting class once, uh, and I think it's a really great drill because what it does is it forces you guys to control both shoulders, and it forces you guys to keep the abs and butt tight the entire time. Um, so when we do a double dumbbell overhead hold, what it does is it's not a barbell, so it's really hard to build that tension through the system because we're holding two individual dumbbells. So making sure that you guys are keeping the abs and the butt tight and making sure that you guys are thinking about pressing and externally rotating both of those dumbbells at the same time has massive carryover. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll help you with anything from a handstand push-up to a handstand walk, um, going overhead with a barbell, even push-ups, right? Anything that we find external rotation and bracing in, and this is yeah, this is a great drill for. Yeah. So on this, here's really what we're looking for. Number one, you're gonna have to pick a dumbbell that that suits you. Or a set um, of dumbbells. Set of dumbbells. Do not go <laughs> so heavy that we're breaking. Um, and I know that's gonna be hard, but make sure that you guys are picking dumbbells where you guys can lock out the arms and where you guys can keep the butt and abs tight. Those are the two things that we commonly see, right? The arms bend. Yeah. You or know, we lose butt and we lose abs. Frankly, I I think we gotta kind of forget about the arms a little bit. Because so many people are going to not have the shoulder range to actually be able to stack and lock their elbows and be overhead with two arms at once. Um, I think we got to say slightly bent elbows is much more okay than a broken spinal position. Yeah, I can. I would say slightly bent elbows is going to happen, yeah. um, but I still want them to attempt the press. Oh, totally. Yeah. We should, we should yeah. always attempt to be better, but you got to analyze this and say, well... Because I can't lock out my elbows, what does that tell me? Right. It tells me I'm missing shoulder range. It tells me my thoracic spine is junky and I don't have full mobility uh, between those vertebrae, between my ribs. It tells you a lot about your overhead position, which again, we are doing a lot of overhead work. We're overhead squatting. If your overhead position is junked up, you're going to be in a disadvantaged position every time we put something overhead. That includes a barbell to squat. Yep. Um, following that, we're going to go on to 10 elevated front leg lunges. So we've done these in the past. Oh, no, we have done these in the past. Well, you and I have. You and I have, but we have not done them in the class, I don't believe. Um, what it's going to be is we're going to take our front leg and we're going to elevate it on a 45-pound plate, we'll say. Um, we're going to do five lunges with that front leg elevated on the plate, and then we're going to switch and do five lunges with the other leg elevated. Um, we talked about this when we programmed it, and this is the exact opposite of that Bulgarian split squat that we did. Well... I wouldn't call it the opposite. It's super similar, but it's, it's the other side super, of the system. Yeah, yeah, right? super similar, but it's elevated the front leg the front that's elevated. Right? Instead of elevating the back. Um, but just like that Bulgarian split squat, we do want to load this a little bit if we can. We need a vertical spine. There's no forward tilt when we do these lunges. We're straight up and down with our spine. Um, our load, if we're holding something, is going to be either goblet style in front of the body or if we're doing two objects, uh, the double kettlebell front rack which is a brutal thing to do, but it's a beautiful thing to do because it forces that chest to maintain an upright position, that spine to be vertical, and the abs to be uber engaged because there's no other way to stabilize those loads. It doesn't need to be heavy. It needs to be held well. Yep. So alternating between these two 
on the minute for 16. I think really what the focus is going to be is, is it's going to be a really vertical torso on both these movements. Um, and more than anything, these are both going to be really kind of difficult drills. Um, the overhead hold is not very forgiving. It's tough. Yeah. Um, when you hit a point where you're failing, it gets really hard. Mm-hmm. And the elevated front leg lunge, or my bad, front leg lunges, uh, I think you guys are going to notice it lights up pretty quickly. So on this, just make sure that you guys, number one, choose the appropriate weight. Um, and then number two, focus on that. Focus on keeping the abs and the butt tight with that torso vertical. After that strength work, our workout's very straightforward. 40, 30, 20, and 10. Kettlebell swings with our standard weights, the 53s and the 35s. Uh, box hop on a normal box, the 24 and the 20. And then finally, ab mat sit-ups. Um, this workout, this is an invitation to hold on and do big sets. Those kettlebell swings, 53 pounds for a lot of people will be something that they're capable of swinging through 40 with. And then you got to remember that you're not coming back to that kettlebell for a couple minutes because you got to go do your box hops. And then you got to do your ab mat sit-ups. And then you get to come back to the kettlebell. And then it goes down to 30, and all of a sudden these things become more digestible. So can you hold on to it? Maybe you should scale the weight if you're going to have to break it more than twice in any of those sets. Um, we'd, really like to, we'd really like to see you attacking bigger chunks of work. Um, maybe taking one break in the 40s and one break in the 30s, and once you hit the 20s, we got to start looking at unbroken reps. If you're a stronger athlete, you should be trying to go unbroken right out the gate. Yep. Um, I think that's our week, yeah. Well, that's half of it. That's half our week. So tune back in on Wednesday at noon. Wednesday at um, noon. And we will pump out Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for you guys. See you guys in the gyms.